0: Hello, friends. This is your host of the Leader and She podcast, Jen Schultz. I am a wife, mom, sister, daughter, educator, health coach. I am a leader and so are you. Whew, I am so pumped to bring this podcast to you. I just got off of the most amazing call with the ever inspiring Stephanie Dye. We're going to jump into this interview in a moment, but have you ever had those moments where you just talk to somebody and you know you could just curl up with a cup of coffee or a cocktail or a beverage or whatever that is and just talk forever because she was spitting some truth bombs, some authenticity, some inspiration, and just all things around women in leadership and how to be true to yourself. So you're going to want to listen to this. Shout out to Steph. She's a local community member in my community, works as a behavior specialist for Muskegon area ISD, mindfulness trainer, therapeutic crisis intervention trainer. She's worked in foster care, works as a child advocate, family advocate, really just She's just an amazing human. So snuggle up, listen in. Thanks, Steph. It was awesome. Listeners, you're going to love this. so I'm so excited Steph thank you for being willing to do this Um, I think we were both just chatting we're both a little nervous this is my first time interviewing somebody and you were saying you're normally on the other end so I just want to say first of all thank you for being willing to take time out of your Sunday and I know our listeners are going to love Hearing all about you. Um, you work at the ISD for Muskegon as a behavior consultant and mindfulness trainer, which I just love. You've um, worked with children and families and are an advocate for all things with strong families, which is incredible and amazing. A mom, uh, a wife. What else? Tell me what else.
1: Well, yes, thank you for having me. Um, I absolutely, yes, absolutely. So I do a lot with. Um, with education. So being a special ed behavior consultant. um, My trade is I'm a school social worker. So social worker by trade and um, have worked a lot before education, worked a lot in foster care and worked um, with uh, Every Woman's Place and Webster House. So with runaway youth and domestic violence. um, And so really have been working to advocate for women and children and helping with families along those lines. Um, I currently now help support students in special ed that have high risk behaviors and really helping the teachers and the teams in the buildings be able to support the kids and help them be able to be in education and have all of their needs met, but be able to be in there like typical peers. And then, I'm also a mindfulness practitioner and instructor, so I train mindfulness not only in schools, but I've um, traveled the state and traveled the U.S. and done presentations for different schools, for nurses. Um, I did one during COVID for professional tennis players, so that was something completely different, but the beauty of it is the philosophy and what mindfulness is helps everyone, so that is very cool. Um, I'm also a therapeutic crisis intervention trainer, TCI. So I um, train that throughout the schools as well. And um, yeah, as a mom, I have, we're a blended family. So I have four kids um, blended. And so that has another whole challenge and love all (laughs) at once. Um, with all that juggling. Um, And then I have, within the last year, recently become a runner. And I'm proud to say that I am a runner because I struggled with that for a long time of saying, dang it, I'm a runner now. So (laughs) doing doing those things um, has been great. So I, and I would also say that I am a brewery junkie as well. A A little bit of a, craft beer snob, so to speak, so um, so that's another fun thing that we like to do as well and sports sports has been a huge thing for me growing up my whole life. Um, Very involved in sports and now my kids are all involved in sports and I coach sports and so being that sense of community is a huge piece as well.
0: Awesome. So yeah, so as just hearing you speak, like I'm not, I've been nodding my head, because all of those reasons are exactly why I wanted to just be able to spend some time to talk to you because Just everything that you embody as a strong female and what you do for our community and your family and students across the state and adults. I think that one of the great things about what you do as a leader is empowering so many others. I'm getting goosebumps as I'm talking to you because you just empower so many other people to go out and to do the same thing. And so your ripple effect is just, it's awesome. So, so thank you for what you do.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: So tell me, uh, what's a typical day in the life of Stephanie Dye look like? If you wake up, I love that you're celebrating the air runner, but what, what might a typical day look like if I was a fly on the wall?
1: Um, well, I'm not a morning person. I will put that up. (laughs) Um, So I'm a little slow in the morning. I tend to, uh, my husband is a morning person. So he's, he's the one that's like, come on kids, let's get going. And he's like, just let mom kind of let her ease her way into the morning. Um, So I do a lot of reflection and self-talk and intentions for the day while I'm slowly getting up um, and then getting four kids ready for school, whether that's in person or virtual, um, making sure we have, we have, we were, I'm a checklist person. So my family is (laughs) turning into a checklist person. So we have a checklist of, you know, did you, did you fill your water bottle? Do you have your computer? Is it charged? Do you have this? Did you take your vitamins? You know, all yeah. of this split out um, for them as well. And then um, get them to school. And whether I'm right now, either I'm virtual, so I'll get on and do Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting, working with um, leaders. So, working with leaders in the county for education, whether it's my bosses or working with superintendents or principals from other schools or teams, teachers, and looking at both systems approach. So big pieces, how do we get some systems into your school, while also looking down at the student level and specific individual students of how to support them and what the function of their behavior is and how do we support them in the building. Um, And sometimes it's thinking outside the box and (laughs) You know, sometimes I struggle with the with the term behavior specialist because I'm like, I don't know anybody's a specialist in anything, <laughs> like right? There's always new challenges and everybody's so different, and you have to think about outside the box and and take risks and try new different things. So, um, otherwise, I go into different buildings, in schools, and observe students and help provide support for staff there. Um, and then usually I'm doing some type of professional development. And so whether that's on the fly or something that we've trained, but usually has to do with wellness or mindfulness or behavior and taking data and, you know, things like that. After the day, um, I try to put on my running shoes right then, because if the minute I go down there or sit somewhere, it's done for. So try that. <laughs> Um, usually we're bringing kids to practices, but right now there hasn't been as much. So we've been trying to get them outside with us, doing some running to get some physical activity, um, come back in, eat some dinner and really, um, try to do something as a family, whether that's unplug, whether that's just having conversations, whether that's watching our fair sport team on TV. Um, so we'll do a lot with that. Um, my daughter has... Really gotten into crafting so sometimes we do some crafts and then um put the kids to bed and that's kind of my and my husband's connection time um talk about the day what's going on um how things went planning for the next day right what's our schedule look like and um really doing some recharging sometimes that means watching some sitcoms or some trashy tv you know what mm-hmm. happens or getting in a, a good series uh with that too and you know, trying to really balance that evening time of not checking work emails and not checking other things, understanding that happened, but really trying to find that balance of, all right, I'm flipping my switch. And now I I get to be a mom and I get to be a wife instead of always having to be the educator as well.
0: I'm glad you said that because I think one of the challenges that we're all feeling with COVID right amongst the many challenges, but um, the, the beauty that we can do so many things virtually, but then there's not those boundaries of when we're at work, like those physical boundaries. And so I it's interesting to hear you say that knowing like, oh, should I check my emails? We always feel attached and to be able to like flip that switch and turn it off and how important that is. It, it is so important. I- I think I loved
1: the part of going into work to being able to have that drive home. And I could sit in the car before I walked in and be like, okay, take a deep breath. Yes. That stuff is still there from work or something you might have to do, but you, how you walk into the house and walk in because my husband and kids would already have to be there. How you walk in and the energy you bring in is how it's going to go. Yeah. I mean, we joke about like there are times where I haven't done that and walked in and like there's backpacks all on the floor and shoes. And I'm like, what is going on? I want to put this and blah, blah You know, my husband will look at me and be like, Well, we were all fine until you walked in the door. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like my energy is spreading to everyone being in this bad mood just because I'm like, there's all these things I couldn't control at work, or but here I feel like I can control it. But this, 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 and instead of coming in and just being like, I'm home. This feels good. How are y'all doing? How, what today? What exciting that happened today? So definitely um, consciously, if I'm up in my bedroom and then going downstairs, it's not very much time to get myself together. So consciously saying, okay, you're flipping that switch. Here we are. How are we going to do this? It's not perfect every day, but if we continue to remind, continue to remind myself, I've sticky notes everywhere. I'm a sticky note person. So <laughs> I'm like, all right, Turn it off, recharge. What does this look like? Oh blah, uh, you know, smile, be happy, you know, all of these type of things surrounding my work area to help remind me and put it in perspective a little bit too.
0: I love that. Those intentional reminders, so important. So I know that you could probably go on with a gazillion things, but if you think of your leadership roles either personally or professionally, either one, because we know as women, we serve in so many ways, right? As leaders. Um, what do you think has been one of your greatest challenges and how did you overcome that? Or what did you learn from that?
1: As I reflect on that. um, Yeah. I think one of the biggest challenges is getting buy-in, getting other people to, to see it from your lens. And I think as I say that, which also was the biggest thing that I learned um, because coming in and saying, Oh, Because I'm very passionate. So I'm like, this is awesome. We should all be doing this. This is fantastic. How do you not see how amazing this is? And, but what I I learned is I can't always look through my lens. It has to be in their lens. And I think that's where um, learning about people's life stories and where they come from and me reflecting on my own life story and what I've gone through helps me look at, okay, just because that's my value and moral and belief and the way I think it should be, that's not their value and moral belief. And that's okay. And I think coming to that of saying, okay, this, yep, I'm checking in with myself. I know this is where I'm at, but what's my lens with them? And whether that's saying, where are they coming from? Really looking at it from the other person's perspective has really helped me say, put the brakes on, We're okay. We're still got our goal in sight. We still are working through these things and we can still help, but everyone's on this different journey and we have to figure out where they're at on that path. And I think that has been the challenge is getting everyone on board, but knowing that you don't have to get everyone on board at the exact same time. And I think that's the key.
0: I love that. Like just the lens of looking at it from their perspective. And it's almost like we're all going to Florida. Right. But some might take a plane, some might take a car, some might take a bus. Like we all have different ways. Some might go through California and around, but, um, and that's hard sometimes when you're in the moment, especially like you said, when you're passionate about it, and it seems to make sense. Um, so kudos to you for having that reflection to be like, it's it's okay. Sometimes we have to put the brakes on because, You know, sometimes as go-getters, that's really hard to want to put the brakes on, slow down to go fast, right? Like sometimes you want to go, go, go. And that power of pausing is important.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's actually a lifesaver. I mean, really it is, is that power of that pause.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So as a female leader specifically, so like, if you think of your role as a woman, what are, what is something that you just want to instill in Future generations of girls coming up. I mean, you've got a daughter, right? I mean, what do you want her and her friends and the girls, girls coming up? What do you hope is the takeaway as from your lens as a female leader? But then thinking as they come up,
1: I I, I know it's gonna sound cliche, but I think the piece of it, and I'll go deep deeper with it, but piece of it is, you know, there's you have the world ahead of you. There's nothing that can stop you if you don't let it and um we're we're a big mantra family probably me more than any of them but really looking at it when i think about my daughter who she struggles with confidence and she struggles with some anxiety we started mantras with her from a long time ago realizing this is what she needed and her biggest one is i am worth it and i think that's for any female as growing up is if you. You need to show know that you are worth it. Whether you've been told differently or feel differently, everyone is worth it. And you have these skills and this, and this empowerment in you that can be spread so much. And you never know who you're affecting um, just by being you. And I think the confidence piece of it and um, telling ourselves, you know what, I, I am worth it no matter what. And even when you say it, it just becomes a part of you and you smile like, you know, I remember she was having a, a hard time. And I said, hey, right, Macy, what's your mantra? And she's like, I am worth it. And I was like, what? I was like, no, you yell it from the mountaintop. Yeah. I am worth it. Like you, even if in that moment, you might not feel it, that you believe that it's truth in that moment for you, but you say it and you become a part of that. And the more you yell it from the mountaintops, what your needs are and who you are, it it just becomes, it's so empowering. And I think that's, the key is continue to empower each other, yes. especially as females. I mean, lift each other up. We, we grew up in a society of everything's a competition, which there's nothing wrong with friendly competition, but right. the piece of saying we're, in, we're in this together, man, it's you and me, girl. And we got this and we are worth it. And I think that confidence piece and don't let anybody tell you, you can't do or be something. Cause I think that's a huge mm-hmm. part of it.
0: Yeah. So just giving them permission to believe and encouraging and that self-advocacy piece, right? Like just her, that practice of saying it and believing it. And I love how you had her say it with meaning, you know, like, like it sounds. you're right. It does sound kind of cheesy, but that is something that, you know, is going to stay with her forever. And, you know, she'll teach her daughters and so on. Um, but that's, that's super cool and um you know it, it does it makes you feel better there's been days that i've been in the dumps and i'm like okay what affirmation am i going to say like you like you said the energy we bring right is is contagious so absolutely i uh,
1: i go back to a, a story as um for myself i was 23 and it was my first full-time job with my bachelor's degree and um, i was a foster care worker and I had my first 90-day review. I thought I knew everything that I was doing, obviously. I mean, at age 23, we're like, I got this degree. I'm ready to hit the world, right? Exactly. My first 90-day review, my um, supervisor said, girl, I just, you, you need to be more assertive. And I was like, what? And she's like, you know, conflict for you is hard which is okay, but when we're in foster care, like, you, you got to be more assertive, and um, really state what your need is, and where it is, and don't back down, and I took that, and ran. Probably, I'm now too assertive, but um, I, like, that was one of the best advice, professionally, and personally, that I had ever taken in, and really heard, and I was like, being assertive doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Like there's this negative
0: yes.
1: uh, to it, but being assertive. And I, as a 23 year old female coming out into the career world for the first time, like that was huge for me. That was huge.
0: Yeah. I think you're right. Like we often, as, especially as women associate, associate being assertive with being, you know, bossy or you know bitchy for lack of a better word or whatever and knowing your place and we should be meek and mild and um I think that that's right it's important to again advocate and speak up and um that's that's a big deal so very cool story mm-hmm. so this past year holy moly right like 2020 whoo <laughs> I mean huh, COVID and all of the like racial and social justice issues and the political climate and just I mean everything that's happened. Um, I'm, I'm sure your mindfulness practice plays into that, that big time and just trying to find um, the balance of physical health, but emotional and mental health. What are, what are some ways that you kept that at the forefront? Cause I, I know, you know, the value of that and the importance of that, but especially when things we're, there's some big things happening around us in our world. What were some of the ways that you kind of stayed aligned? I think it came to
1: balance because, and again, that sounds cliche, but I can explain more of that. Um, I, I, it was to the point where in the beginning you, I'd get so engulfed into it and needed to hear everything and then realize, ah, this feels icky like this. I need, there's a purpose of needing to know because just shutting it off. I'm, I'm not helping any situation and I'm not moving forward with any situations, but it's, it's, there's the balance of needing to know and the balance of what I can control. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge piece for me. Um, one of my mantras I've lived by for the last 10 years, I, I learned from a trainer at, at a Cornell university. And she said, don't let them take your joy. Mm. And, you know, I now have a tattoo that says choose joy. Like this is my thing. Cause like, yes. don't let them take your joy. Cause it's your joy and you can choose who you're going to give it to, and I I have to remind myself of that. Of like, am I am I willing to put? Is this something that's going to bring me joy or not? Am I willing to for to forego my joy for this situation? And um, so I think that mental piece of really talking to myself of saying, all right, this is this is it's empowering too to say that like I have control of this. I do have control issues, and I know this about myself. So I have to keep myself in check with it. But understanding like, this is what I do get to control. I get to control if someone takes my joy or if I hold on to somebody else's poison, if I, they're gonna throw their anger at me and I'm holding on to it, I get to choose of whether I drop it or hold it and whether it's gonna let hurt me or if I'm gonna let it go. And with all of the COVID and all of the, the political and um, Black Lives Matter and everything that is happening, Uh, I think it comes down to saying, okay, this is what I need to know. This is what I can do about it. You know, I did some Black Lives Matter peaceful protests, even in our little community, um, because I knew that's what I could do. And I knew um, I could model that for my own kids, too. But for my own mental health, it was really about that awareness, awareness of saying, hey, in this moment, this is what I'm feeling. I can choose which way I want to go with it it wasn't perfect. I mean, there's times blow off the handle meltdowns. Um, didn't want to get out of bed. Right. And we all have that, but it's not being stuck there. It's saying I'm going to do something different. Um, so I think with the mental health and the emotional health, it was really a lot of my own mantras and self-talk pausing through doing my mindful moments every day. Um, whether that was a two minute breath, whether that was a 10 minute, you know, meditation, whatever I could do and fit in, in that time. Um, Same with the physical health. If I could only get three runs in that week, that was fine. If I could do six, amazing. Um, But not putting that judgment on myself and giving myself grace and giving others grace. That's helped me get through all of it too. Being able to give others grace and say, you know what, right now, that might be one of those days for them. And that's okay. I don't have to own it, but I can empower. And I think that's the key piece with that too.
0: I love that you talked about joy and um, just embracing the joy and not letting the poison of others impact you. Um, And the other thing I loved is that you said grace for yourself and others, because often we will have one or the other, but yeah. not both, right? Like there are some days that I've got a whole lot of grace for myself, but then I don't always do it for others, or vice versa. And then I'm like, whoa! Like it's it's good to check myself. And the other thing I love that you said was um, feeling all those feelings, but not like living there, right? Like yeah. it's important. I talked about that actually. I think it was two episodes episodes ago about this concept of toxic positivity, and I was trying to push back on it a little bit because I'm like, you know, it's, we can't just be positive and like oblivious to what's going on, right? Oh, so. But also being positive means it's okay to name the hard and to, mm-hmm. and to live there, just to not unpack and live there. So I yeah. love that.
1: It, it It is. And you know, we, we talk about name it to tame it, right? You say it out yeah. loud. Yes. Um, another one I heard is feel it to deal with it. And it really like, it, I mean, we teach even kids that anger is such a negative thing and anger's okay it's how we respond to it right and how we notice it and say and there's some days i'm saying you know what i'm gonna live in this right now because i want to I, I want to be angry and that is my choice and i'm gonna live in it it's but I, how i react to it and how i respond to it and how long i hold on to it is is that piece too yeah
0: Good. Love it. love it love it so if you could talk to your 15 year, 15 year old self, if you could go back in time like a little freaky Friday ish and and see your cute little 15 year old self there, what would you would you tell her?
1: Confidence. confidence is in I in what I've been through from age 15 to now helped grow that confidence. yeah but back then, yes if instilling that being worth it and that confidence and you have this whole view ahead of you and don't shy don't shy down from what you're feeling don't shy down by what you want to do or try because you're afraid of what other people think and that judgment. Stop judging yourself so much i think um that would be one thing is girlfriend you got it you got it and you know what you fake it till you make it. You keep telling yourself you got it and it eventually becomes a part of you. And I think that's a huge piece that a lot of 15-year-olds don't have is that confidence because the way the world is and you know society is but yeah, just be okay with who you are and embrace it. Own it. Don't lose sight of who of who you are and and really figure out what your needs are. Um people don't teach us that. They didn't teach us that when we were younger of, of understanding what our own emotions are and our body is and feeling all the feels and being okay with that instead of just sometimes being a robot. And so I, I would definitely tell her confidence, girlfriend, you got this.
0: I love it. And I love feeling all the feels. You're right. When we were growing up, we didn't like, I never ever, like, I mean, I had great parents, great family, but we didn't talk about that stuff. If we had any big feelings, it was like, it was actually don't, right? Like, yes, keep, yes. keep those big feelings away. Like, don't talk about them. Just, you know, you know, do the right thing, Even, but just act like it's not a big deal. Yeah.
1: That's the same thing. I mean, my, my parents are fantastic, but we didn't, we didn't talk about any of that kind of stuff. And so you've learned to just shut it down or deal with it internally. And, um, so you know, that's one thing that, I've taken away as a mom is we're going to talk about this and we're going to work through it even if it sucks and it's hard and it's shitty like this is what we're going to do we're going to we're going to work through it
0: yeah I I think my daughter would agree with that and although sometimes I don't think they in the moment they don't necessarily love it but we know (laughs) yes (laughs) they'll thank us for it it later
1: (laughs) absolutely absolutely I 100% agree
0: Uh, so Melinda Gates, I love this quote. She says, a woman with a voice by definition is a strong woman. So tell me why you believe it's so important for women to use their voice. Uh, There's no other option.
1: I I mean, really like your voice is the, is, and that voice can be different tones. It can be different levels. It can be not even verbal voice. It can be just in your actions and what you do. I think um, we have to be strong enough to show we are here and we are powerful and we can empower each other. So using your voice allows you to be vulnerable as well. And so much growth comes from that. And, um, you know, there's this negative stigma on especially women leaders being vulnerable because that too emotional piece. But really, being vulnerable allows you to grow even more. So don't let anybody shut that down. Use your voice, and it's it's this, you know, no no regrets type of thing. You keep it in, and you're 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 gonna deal with that, and then not be able to say, oh, I wish I would have said that, or I wish I could have done that. And then we relive it, right? We re- yeah. replay it in our mind a hundred times, and we live there, and we're like, oh, it's my entire evening has been is gone because I just relived a situation in my head a hundred times and so my choice is okay I'm gonna let that go my next time I'm gonna use my voice yeah. and it, it is it's it's empowering and you never know who's watching or listening mm-hmm. and you might using your voice might help somebody else use theirs and it's so power in numbers right we come power. together and, and working together and the voice is a very powerful uh, powerful thing
0: Awesome. Yeah, right. Uh, let me overthink about it, right? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. totally with you. Um, so you mentioned um, about being vulnerable, and I'm sure you are a Brene Brown fan. Um, love, love, love. Right? I mean, oh my gosh. So it was, this is a perfect segue because she and her re- um, podcast, Dare to Lead, she always does this like rapid fire where she just asks these fun questions. And so this is inspired from Brene, who I just, oh my gosh, if I, Oh that woman, I just
1: yeah. I I I would love to just hang out. Even I know. Even for 30 minutes. Can we just hang out? Like yes. yes. I, I just
0: I want to sit and just yeah, just hang out. Exactly. I'm sure she would be fine with that. So anyway, Brene, if you're listening out there, <laughs> this has inspired me. So I'm gonna give you some questions. I didn't share any of these with you, so I just want it to be like first thing that comes off the top of your head, and and we'll see. Okay. Okay, sounds All right. good. Last show you binge watched? Suits. Ooh, I haven't watched that one yet. Good? It's very good. Okay, all right, good. Name a food that you refuse to eat? Olives. Oh, I'm with you on that one. All right, you get to pick any Disney character that you most resonate with. What Disney character is it and why? Uh,
1: Mulan. I love Mulan, and I think it's because that here I am. I, I can do anything. I love um, it. This is equality for all. So, yes, Mulan.
0: Yes, yes. She's a total badass. All right. If you could snap your fingers and be anywhere, travel anywhere, this is obviously COVID-friendly, right, and you didn't have to worry about any of that, but if you could snap your fingers, be anywhere with anybody, where would you go, and who would you take with you?
1: Um. I've always wanted to go to St. Lucia Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and I just think it would be absolutely gorgeous and fun. I love tropical and warm weather. And um, so I think St. Lucia and I would bring my family and that experience would be amazing. Amazing.
0: Awesome. All right. Last question. You have a magic wand to do one thing. What would you do?
1: I want to say world peace, but (laughs) maybe, maybe just equality for everyone and, you know, giving the supports that everybody needs to, to have that growth and equality for everyone. But being kind and peaceful is huge too.
0: (laughs) Yes. Amen. Well, that
1: kind
0: of comes with the equality piece, right? Like that, that, that all kind of comes together. Oh my gosh Steph seriously I must have gotten goosebumps about 20 times during this whole thing um I just adore you from a friend level to professional personally and professionally and everything that you stand for in your your personal life in your professional life I feel like you are just the epitome of true authenticity um anyone that knows you I know that they would agree like what we see is what we get, like you are so real, which is so cool um, and imperfect, but wonderful and in so many ways. And so I just thank you for being you and for, for leading us and for inspiring so many. You've said um, a little bit ago, like you never know who's watching. And um, I just hope you know that your impact is great because so many are watching you, whether you know it or not. And you inspire the bejeebus out of us, and we're just the world is a better place because of you. So I hope you know that, um, and I'm just super grateful.
1: Thank you. I you're giving me goosebumps, <laughs> but thank you, thank you for this opportunity. I was super excited, and this has been so much fun, and I I love it. Thank you for doing this too, Jen. Like getting it out there and letting people know like this, this, there is power in numbers and using our voice and being vulnerable and, uh, doing things for ourselves is good stuff.
0: Yes. Yes. Awesome sauce. All right. Well, again, thanks so much for going to wrap it up here. I'm just so excited. And this will be coming out soon. Leader and she podcast, and it'll be all things um, around stuff and what you've learned and shared in the community. So we're super, super excited for that. All right, thank you.